listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Another good show for you today. We're going to talk about last night's NBA playoff games. A statistic that I gave you yesterday that goes way deeper than I even thought it would. It's pretty incredible. And this goes to gambling in NBA playoff games. This is ridiculous. It'll blow your mind. You're going to have to run out and tell friends about this one. Stay tuned for that. We're also going to talk um, some football, I believe. Yeah, we're going to talk a little football. We're going to talk the Dylan Brooks, LeBron James back and forth. Well, it's more one-sided than anything else in regards to uh, what happened last night. If you didn't hear Dylan Brooks's comments after the game, He's like the new antagonist in the NBA, and he's kind of a moron. And then a little more playoff hockey as well to talk, and we will get to that momentarily. So last night, NBA playoffs, three games. Memphis beats the Lakers 103-93, ties that series up at one. Milwaukee beats Miami 138-22 without Giannis. They tie that series up at one. Denver beats Minnesota 122-113. They go up 2-0 in that series. So now every series has played two games. There's been 16 games in the NBA playoffs. It was close on that last one last night with Denver. If you saw the game, they were laying 8.5 points or 8 points, and they were up by 7, and they stole the ball. Minnesota fouled. Denver hits two free throws with 11 seconds left to go up by 9 and Minnesota inbounded the ball. It got stolen. So Denver covers, laying eight or eight and a half last night. They won by nine. That means there have been 16 NBA playoff games, and the winning team has covered every game. The team that has won. So the spread has not come into play in any of the 16 playoff games so far this year. Like, wow, that's pretty crazy. Actually, it's way crazier than that. Because I saw something last night online that I couldn't believe. Going back to last year's NBA playoffs, I just told you this year, 16 straight, where the line did not come into play. All you got to do is pick the winner of the game, and you're going to win your bet, no matter what the line is. Going back to last year's NBA playoffs, that streak is now at 44 games in a row. 44 NBA playoff games in a row where the spread did not matter. You pick the winner, you win your bet. The last time a team won a playoff game but didn't cover was the Warriors beating the Grizzlies 101-98 on May 9th of last year. So since that game, every game in the NBA playoffs, the team that won the game covered. Let's take it back even further. Over the last three years in the NBA playoffs, the straight-up winner of the playoff game is 171-13 and against the spread. Let me repeat that. 171-13. and That's 92%. You're never going to get numbers like that when it comes to gambling and trends especially on such a large sample size, like 184 games. So 
Actually, it's a little bit more. Now it's one because this that was before last night's game. So that's 174 and 13. The last 187 NBA playoff games, all you got to do is pick the winner of the game and they cover the spread 92% of the time. 174 and 13. That's not a lot, including 44 in a row and all 16 games this year. Just pick the winner, you win your bet. And I know, look, some people get scared off by the lines. Oh, they have to win by five, they have to win by six, seven and a half, whatever. Hasn't mattered. 44 in a row. That should say enough. Now, tonight, how many games are there tonight? Um, Sorry, I need to pull this up. Uh, how many games? Three games tonight. 76ers, Nets, Kings, Warriors, Suns, Clippers. And Philadelphia is minus four and a half in Brooklyn. Golden State minus five and a half at home without Draymond. We don't know, as of me recording this, the health of DeMontis Sabonis. He was questionable as of yesterday. And Phoenix is a two and a half point favorite on the road against the Clippers. I I don't have much of a feel for any of these games tonight, other than I was going to say the Warriors, but without Draymond, if put it this way, if Draymond doesn't play, and well, he's not playing because he's been suspended. But if Sabonis doesn't play, I would take the Warriors, but on the money line, I'd I'd lay the minus two twenty. Because I don't think they lose. If the Kings play Sabonis and he is playing tonight, I would just stay away from the game because I don't really have much of a feel on that. 76ers, Nets. I can just see the 76ers just laying an egg tonight and Nets win the game outright. I, I could see that. But, again, I, I don't have a feel for any of these games if you're using the zigzags theory in the Suns-Clippers series, you would go with the Clippers tonight since Clippers won game one, Suns win game two, Clippers at home. I I don't like any of these games betting-wise tonight outside of if Sabonis doesn't play, I'll take the Warriors on the money line at home. I just I don't want to deal. You know what's funny? I just read you that stat, 44, <laughs> 44 games in a row. Uh, this the, the line hasn't mattered, and here I am saying, you know what, I don't want to deal with the line of lay, them laying five and a half. I'll take them on the money line. You know what? Screw it. If Sabonis doesn't Sabonis doesn't play, take the Warriors minus five and a half. That would be that would be my game. That would be the only game I would play tonight. I have no feel on 76ers Nets because the 76ers are a better team. Should they beat the Nets today? Yes, they should. But I don't know. You know, it's like it's not easy to sweep a team. The 76ers are a better team, but you just don't know who's going to show up. What if the Nets get hot in the first half and the 76ers are like, look, we we know we can beat this team. We're not going to lose this series, and they're not going to lose the series. Nets just aren't as good. 76ers were a 54-win team during the regular season, and while the Nets won 45 games, they won 34 of them when they had Kyrie and KD. So... And they were an under 500 team once those two left and got traded. Suns Clippers, I think, is going seven. So I, I have no interest in betting any game in this series outside of maybe the seventh game. And even then, I don't even know who I'd go for. Kind of need to see these two play. I just, I don't have a, I, I, 
I just think that series is back and forth. People will win on the other team's court, just like they already have when the Clippers beat them in game one. No feel for that. Again, there's no locks when it comes to gambling. There's no locks. I'll never tell you this is a guaranteed lock. They're going to win. But I can just say I'd be surprised if the Warriors fell behind 3-0 in this series. I'd be surprised. As I said, Memphis beats the Lakers last night by 10, 103-93. Lakers made a run here and there, made it close, got to, I think, six was the closest they ever got, but they could never get over the hump. They got killed um, by Xavier Tillman, who came out of nowhere with a 22-13 and game. But the story of the Laker game last night was after the game. So... Dylan Brooks, who's the new antagonist in the NBA, he's a defender. He's a good defender, upper-tier defender. We'll make an all-defensive team for sure. But he also has a reputation for not only being an elite you know, defender of wings, but he also is a hell of a trash talker. And I guess in the third quarter, Lakers cut it to 14, and LeBron told him he was dumb for having picked up his fourth foul. And Dylan shoots back at the end of the game. This was in the locker room when he was getting interviewed by the media. He said, I don't care. He's old. You know what I mean? I was waiting for that. I was expecting him to do that game four, game five. He wanted to say something when I got my fourth foul. He should have been saying that earlier on. But I poke bears. I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. I mean, that's just... You're not going to respect anybody unless they drop 40 on you. I mean, LeBron's been in the league 20 years. He's doing things that have never been done in the history of the NBA. He's the all-time NBA leading scorer. As a, what, 38-year-old this year, he averaged 28.9 points a game. (laughs) You know, like... What else do you want from the guy? He averaged 28.9, 8.3 rebounds, and 6.8 assists this season as a 38-year-old man in his 20th season in the NBA. And you're going to sit there and be like, oh, he's old. I don't respect no one until they drop 40. Dude, shut up. You're Dylan fucking Brooks. Calm down. You're also a dirty player. We all know what we did to uh, Gary Payton Jr. last year in the Warriors series that got you suspended for a game. It's just, look, I understand he's trying to, like, maybe fire his team up and they're happy with the win and they didn't have John Morant and they beat the Lakers by 10. Okay. But why? And he even admitted it. Like, I poke bears. Great, but why? Where's that going to get you? What's the point of poking LeBron James in a playoff series that's headed back to L.A. when you're not even a good road team? It's just it's just dumb. He called LeBron dumb? <laughs> Dylan, you're dumb. There's nothing to be gained by this. Why would you possibly try and get in a pissing match with LeBron James? I don't know. Different strokes for different folks, I guess. Elsewhere uh, in the NBA, as you know, Draymond Green suspended for tonight's game against Sacramento. Clearly, Golden State can't afford to go down 3-0 or this series is definitely over. They need to win tonight. They don't have Draymond. We don't know the status quite yet of Demondis Sabonis. But 
it's really interesting some of the quotes that came from the Golden State Warriors brass yesterday, namely GM Bob Myers and head coach Steve Kerr, where it's like, I don't know if they're afraid. They're honest, but they're not honest about being mad at what Draymond did, which, if you look at it, is very selfish. Yes, he had his leg grabbed for the second game in a row, but he didn't have to physically stomp on somebody's chest. He didn't have to. He did, though. Now, there were people arguing this morning on all the television shows. The NBA missed this one. They should not have suspended him for this. I don't know. That was a stomp. He didn't just lightly tap him on the ribs. Hell, Sabonis might be out for tonight's game because of his ribs that were stomped on by Draymond. So I don't have a problem with them suspending him for a game. He deserved it for what he did. Yes, he was instigated. And yes, Sacramento has pulled a couple dirty plays on him. And they're trying to get under his skin. But it worked. It was just interesting hearing Steve Kerr and Bob Myers talk about it. Because Steve Kerr basically said he is the ultimate competitor and everybody knows he's going to occasionally tip over the edge and emotions get the best of him. That's part of it. There's no stopping it. You're not going to be able to put your arm around him and say, okay, let's move forward. It doesn't work that way. But there's no time to spend worrying about it or thinking about it or complaining about it. And so he's basically saying, like, look, with Draymond, this is what you get. This is part of the package. He's going to be great for you, but don't even bother trying to control him. You have to let him be. Bob Myers says winning is messy if you want to be honest about it. There's an edginess to it. There is tension. Certainly, he's crossed that line, but he has been punished for it. Draymond is not perfect, but I haven't met anyone who is perfect. He's been a big part of his winning. His mistakes are out there for the world. Each time he's misstepped, my hope is that he learns from it. He's been punished. So for the people who ask, well, when is it going to stop? Those people may think this is positive, I suppose. <laughs> like both the GM and the coach are admitting there's nothing we can do. We have to live with this. Now, I wish they would get a little more specific and be like, hey, it's one thing for Draymond to do this in the regular season and get suspended for a regular season game. But doing that kick, getting kicked out of the game of a game with seven minutes left in game two of a playoff game where you really don't want to go behind 2-0. That was selfish. There's no other way around it. That's selfish. So they didn't address the actual act of him being out in game three other than to say, there's no reason to talk about it. It is what it is. He's not playing tonight. We have to get past this. We have to move on because we need to win. There's no point in bitching about it. It's not going to get overturned. So, I just find it interesting that they are both well aware that we're not going to try and control him. We're going to let him do what he wanted to do and do what he does. And this is part of what Draymond does. His emotions will always get the best of him in certain situations and stuff like this will end up happening. The problem is, could it have come at a worse time? Yes, they're back on their home court, but you're down 2-0. You need all pistols firing tonight and you don't have one of your best players and I didn't see them addressing that part of it or maybe that's part of their answer of 
look, we, there's nothing we can do. It's just, it, it's very weird. And again, Draymond's the one guy who's available this summer and does Golden State, if they lose, especially if they lose in the first round, not that they're going to trade the whole team away, but how can you pay Wiggins, Poole, Clay, and Steph? Clay, Steph, and Wiggins have their contracts. Poole got his contract this offseason. I don't know how you can pay Draymond for what he's going to want, $25, $30 million a year. I don't even know if it's physically possible and salary cap possible for them to do it. I have no idea. It doesn't seem like it is, especially with the new CBA, which is kind of it, it's kind of penalizing teams that just want to you know have enough money to just go over the cap by however many dollars they want to go over every year, and they'll just pay the fine. So I don't really understand it. I'm not a great I'm not great when it comes to the cap on NBA teams, but I do know that Steph has a max contract, Clay has a max contract, Poole has a max contract. And Wiggins has not a max contract, but he signed for uh, four years, 110 million uh, in in the before this uh, or starting next season. So he's making 24 and 24 next season, 26 the season after that, 28 the season after that, and he's got a player option that makes him 30 in the year 26-27 season. I, I mean, I, I don't know how they can do this, and maybe they've already made up their mind. I mean, there's already rumblings that Draymond is going to be the one that they're going to have to finally break up the big three of Draymond, Clay, and Steph. It just can't work anymore because of the contracts they've given out to other people. And, you know, will Draymond be the same player that's not part of this Golden State system? We won't know, but it looks like it's happening. And I want to end with this. NHL playoffs last night. Very happy. The Dallas Stars. Weird game. Jump out to a 2-0 lead. Then they got up 4-1 on the Minnesota Wild. Then it was 4-3 as Minnesota scored two goals in a span of about, oh, I don't know, 15 seconds. And then the Stars scored three goals to end the night. Rope hints with a uh, hat trick getting three goals. And I really, you know, it, the Stars needed it. Series just tied at one. Like I said yesterday, all four Western Conference teams that had home ice advantage, lost game one at home. Stars did, Edmonton did, Vegas did, and Colorado did. The two that played last night, Stars and Oilers, both won. So they tied their series up, 1-1, heading back out on the road to Minnesota and L.A. respectively. Boston Bruins, team that won the most games in, the, in NHL history in one season, had the most points of any team in NHL history in one season, they got doubled up by the Florida Panthers last night, 6-3. It was 2-2 going into the third period, and the Panthers somehow got four goals in the third period and beat them 6-3. So not saying the Bruins are on the ropes. Clearly they're the statistically the greatest regular season team to ever grace the NHL ice before. But as I've told you yesterday, President's Cup winner, the last 36 years, eight of them have gone on to win the Cup. So only 25% of the time does the team with the best record in the NHL win the Stanley Cup in the same year. And I think, you know, this series certainly isn't over. Um, the Hurricanes are the only team that's up 2-0. Panthers, Bruins, Wild Stars, Kings, Oilers, all at 1-1. And then tonight, the other four games. 
And NHL just does it so easy. It's just the same four teams play one night, the other four teams play the other four games play the next night, and then it's back. It's just every other day. So tonight you've got Tampa Bay and Toronto. Tampa Bay won on the road. They're looking to go up 2-0. The Rangers won on the road in New Jersey. They're looking to go up 2-0. And then, as you, as I mentioned, the two home teams in the Western Conference, Colorado and Vegas, both lost game one. So they're looking to even it up at one against Seattle and Winnipeg, respectively. So um, I didn't have heart palpitations last night having to watch the Stars in an overtime game. So, yeah, when it got to 4-3 there and the Wild had scored two goals in a span of 15 seconds, yeah, got a little hairy. Because you're like, oh, Stars are up 4-1. You're like, holy shit, now it's 4-3. But then they got that fifth goal, I want to say, within within five minutes of game time. And I was like, okay, we're back to a two-goal lead. We should be good. And they tacked on two more. And, you know, good for them. And good for me. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on hockey playoffs, I'm telling you. Now, granted, am I watching any of the other games? No, I'm not. I'm just looking at the scores. So it's not like I'm going to provide any insight to any of the other games but if I see that you know when game three happens between Boston and Florida if the Panthers go up 2-1 on Boston will I mention it yeah because that's a big deal obviously it's more of a big deal once the series is over because even if anybody's down 2-1 or 3-1 it's not over until you win four games I know that sounds simple but it's not easy to win a series in any sport in the playoffs so it's never over until the series is over and even if the Bruins go down 2-1 while I will mention it doesn't mean they're in trouble it just means they need to get their ass in gear and win so we'll see what happens I love the fact that the Stars came out and took it to the wild the wild right away Stars are a good road team I expect them to split in Minnesota obviously you'd love to win both road games but probably not going to happen We'll see. I just think um, I, I think you're going to have a lot of series in the NHL go six or seven games in this first round. I, I really do. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. We're back tomorrow with yet another Sports Daily. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See ya!